0: Proverbs 29, and in verse 18, reading from the New King James Version, a slight difference, but it all makes perfect sense. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint but happy is he who keeps the law." Always in the Proverbs, there tends to be even within the division of a verse, a contrasting point, something that either reemphasizes the first statement or helps identify it. In this case, it is about the law of God And it is telling us that with regard to the Revelation, it can't simply be about the next movie coming out. that may be a great Christian film or the next great authored book series on Revelation. Because like all books, they eventually accumulate dust and the pages get torn. And eventually, whatever was meaningful or read at that time, because it is not a living book, it doesn't become as relevant as at one time it was inspiring. This book that I'm holding is relevant because it is inspiring. Not only is it inspiring, it's living. You may not see it breathing as you see or hear my lungs doing so in talking to you, But we're told that this is the sword of the Spirit, and the Spirit identified in Judaism is, in fact, pneuma in the Greek, and it means that it is Spirit, Spirit Spirit-born, Spirit-breathed. We would not be here today if God did not both ordain His Spirit within us and praise God allow us to have the residency, have His spirit within us. One is the technical, in other words, what keeps these bodies functioning. And the other is the spiritual that keeps these bodies tuned and ultimately on the ready for being taken into heaven and to spend eternity with them. This is a very short tenure on earth. Even this incident, had it been in any other particular place, could have been of great consequence had no one been there to catch her when she fell. In essence, you saw deliverance. The mystery is the why, but it's irrelevant right now to what we do see. The Spirit of God moving among individuals to help in the need of somebody vulnerable. In just the blink of an eye, one of my family members does something that I still do not fully understand, passing out. But she was caught. What we want to be able to say is, Lord, catch me in Revelation not in the pursuit of simply the experience, but truly remembering, even as we always are classically brought to that when the men are leading us in communion, remembering Jesus. The reason that we'll return to Matthew is because the important emphasis on Thursday was that wise men, or wise guys have eyes they see both from a distance the lord and they take initiative to pursue that which they see which is him and they come in the power of the lord for the purpose of not only observing but of delivering to him honor and praise of value That's what is so honestly beautiful about this passage of scripture in Matthew is the beauty of men who in their culture were exalted, perhaps unquestionably admired, sought after for deep counsel, desired even for favor. What can be done in my life through these guys that have position and prominence. They have a spirituality that I want to connect with. And by the way, their pilgrimage tells you that whatever they may have been in their land, they had made a decision to depart from it and to become altogether uniquely united on the premise that we know Isaiah spoke of 700 years in advance, that in Jerusalem. Bethlehem in particular Jerusalem the hub of spiritual life there would be one noted as the king and they believed it and in their belief they saw it and in their seeing it they yielded and in their yielding they departed to become testimonies to their world that they had left and so let's return right now but having this marked that the perishing of a people, you can't blame anyone but yourself. I'm not responsible for your revelation. I'm not responsible for your motivation. I'm only a tool. I can say motivational things and they are spiritual. I can say eternal things and they are true because it's coming from the word. My personality mixed with it can be highly influential. And for others, it could be quite uninspiring, insignificant. But I know this. For this year, we have to be those who say, that's what I want. I want to return to the simplicity of belief that I know who God is. I know what Jesus has done. I know that he is presently at work. I know that his spirit has a purpose of accomplishment through me in the giftings that have been distributed to me. And I'm going to engage, not sweating it, nor trying to create anything other than one thing, personally, me personally being involved in manifesting a conviction that Jesus is worth whatever it is I am about in my doing. He's worthy to enter in through those doors, to take a seat. He's worthy to have a central focus, and even in what may be a legitimate distraction, a temporary need to stop, to do another spiritual activity, he's worthy of me being there. Isn't it kind of cool that on this day, even an event like that, you were here. You were engaged. There was a surge. Your surge allowed me to take no emergency other than to walk precautiously up and over. I could have lost my bearings. I could have demanded that you pull back and let me in, because I've been in that predicament before. Your surge spiritually allowed me to take comfort. She's in good hands. The Lord has this. It's going to be all right. And that's what revelation does, to remember what Jesus did do, to remember that I'm actually here for him. And as a result of that, then anything that does happen is also going to be something I can take confidence in I can settle myself, even if there may be a hint of emotion, a slight breaking. I can call upon him to give me bearing and the ability to speak even when I'm weak. Matthew 2 records that as we leave here, though. Please take initiative to remind yourself the revelation has been given. It is in his word. The revelation has been given. He touched my heart. The revelation I have lived through, for he visited me in that event. He was there working things, even in spite of things that were overwhelmingly larger than I had the ability to handle. He was there. The revelation of Jesus in my personal understanding and interaction with him and therefore therefore there is no reason to cast off restraint there's no reason to shake myself loose of the church or of my discipline of finding time with the word or of being as a need before or behind a worship ensemble that speaks poetic language knitted and married with music, that allows me to hear doctrine and emotion like David presented, all of these things. God doesn't get the blame, nor man get the blame. It solely lays upon my shoulders as to who I am going to both follow and who I am going to remain inspired by. No matter what, no matter what event, God is my revelation. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Matthew chapter 2. We made it, oh, just about. verse 12 we closed on so let me just bring you up to a quick present tense this is happening two years from the event that we've celebrated his birth he's a child approximately two years of age it has been determined in the scriptures They appear to still be in what we would say Bethlehem, his birth town. There's going to be an event that right now will provoke the wise men to move back to their area another way and for Mary and Joseph to move in another direction to their surprise. And it's one that only could have happened because of the obedience of these very important men on a very important mission to see Jesus. That's the deal, is that when we consider our mission important to see Jesus, in my opinion, in the house of the Lord and among the people of God, we are going to have an achievement, an effect. It's going to make a difference. It's going to go out into the community. It's not what community event can we put together that draws people to Jesus. It's you and your belief and your enthusiasm to come and see Jesus. I was talking to somebody after the men's breakfast, I was intrigued with him, met him before, he had met me, didn't have a deep, you know, alliance with one another, but he shared with me, I think I'm going to be going back to Tennessee, something to that effect. I said, "That's great." And for what purpose? Well, my sons there and I'm it's just kind of time, I think right now. They're going to have their first baby and I think it's just time for me to be a granddad. Great. He was sharing with me that his whole life has been about the pursuit of the Lord. And even for him to say to be a granddad to his son's child, I could fully endorse and see as that being both needful and significant. He said something, though, that is a phrase just kind of touched my heart in a manner that I had to do a word substitute for me. But he said, where I'm at now, it's because it feels like family. We had 41 men there yesterday, dining and hearing a great word from Rivers. The emphasis of the word was, girding your loins. Men, gird your loins. In other words, don't let anything that's in your apparel, your vocation, your dreams and visions cause you to be unable to run to finish the course. In essence, make sure all the loose things are cinched up so that you're not tripping over yourself, over anything the phrase that was said was because it feels like family. And in my heart, not challenging that. Great, it feels like family. When I come in here, do you know what I say? Feels like Jesus. It feels like Jesus. I was here 5:30 this morning. I said, Lord, it feels like Jesus. It just does. I know that the people are coming. And I'm here to make sure that some of those important things are done. Temp is up, classrooms are ready, baptismal, heated. I can do those things because, Lord, it feels like Jesus. And that was, that was honestly what I, what I said. I even realized that I'm on camera when I'm, when I'm in here in the morning. There's a camera right over there. You're on camera right now. We're all on camera. We're all being looked at. And I remembered that it came to me as kind of a secondary. And I was going, I sure hope that everything that I was about in here was about him. What do I look like in the house of the Lord? What was I about? And I remember just taking inventory. I sat down and I lowered my head and I was praying. I was also singing to myself somewhat aloud, And I was praying to myself and I was conversing to myself, but actually to the Lord. I was retracing my pattern and I ultimately concluded as I felt observed, I'm being about the Lord's business. It feels like Jesus. And so as the worship band began to come in, didn't high five him, but I headed out to go and get ready. It feels like Jesus. I really want you guys to be able to say, in spite of what the predictions are economically, what the global front looks like in terms of tensions and governments in Israel, you need to be able to say it feels like Jesus. He's coming. I want to be a wise man. I want to have eyes as a wise guy, as a woman of God, as a young person. I want to see him in all that I am subject to go through. See, this event, I was subject to go through it. You were too. You were subjected to it. We run live feed. I'm sure that's the last thing that would want on live feed. It's okay. It's God's allowance. We can retrieve the data later if necessary. But maybe that was something that inspired another person not here to say, oh my goodness, in one, one event, one spiritual activity such as worship, you can have everything all of a sudden seemingly be pulled out from underneath you. You can be catapulted into space, or to a place that you never anticipated. Oh my goodness, I've never thought of that. I think about it pretty frequently, because our family has had those events that have happened. Sesha thinks about it. Reed thinks about it. We've all been permitted to see deliverances. The wise men here, though, remember what their intention was. It was by revelation to match up in a procession from a far distant land what the scriptures said. This is where the Lord would be born. This is the star that shows the way. Prepare yourselves. The footsteps that you're going to take the things that you will bequeath the bequeathment of what they came to give to mary and joseph as beneficiaries because it was actually for the lord was gold and frankincense and myrrh the gold would recognize him as the king the frankincense would recognize him as the great high priest and the myrrh would recognize him symbolically As the sacrifice of God for all humanity to redeem the man, the woman, the child that right now is under the penalty of sin, which is death, to redeem them, to save them. But what was shared on Thursday night too, and just for your consideration, is from the perspective of the Lord, you are gold. Your gold that has both been refined and will continue to be refined. You have been given gifts that from the perspective of heaven is costly. And a treasury in spiritual giftings that you can't possibly really put a price on. When somebody uses the word golden, they're putting a stamp of approval. How do you feel? Golden. How was the job? Golden. When we think of it, we think of the highest value given to a metal that we say in economics is what all money is driven by and supported by. And it's a standard. It has a purity to it. It's golden. And so that was an encouraging word. Stay golden. Let the Lord continue to have in this perfection of you, in your tenure on earth, in your proper position in the church, let him him refine us to have even the situations that we say, how untimely, how unpredictable, how unnecessary to say, Lord, if this is the means by which you refine me, refine me, refiners fire. The fire put to gold will melt it. The dross will always come up to the top. And before it's prepared for market, it will always be addressed as clean. A percentage that's guaranteed to the purchaser, to the owner, it's pure. The Lord will receive us in purity when our lives have expired. Quite apart from anything that you knew was happening, or even believed could happen, he gets you as purified and refined because that's what he does in our lives. Magnificent. No treasury like God's treasury, which essentially is you and I, gold, some silver. He's at work on us, precious gems and stones, great value. But the other thing to say as well, to repeat, you're purposed in the revelation of Jesus in your life to be those who pray consistently. There's great work going on here. We've got a student buddy that will join us in just about three more weeks. That'll be about 14 students, maybe a little bit more There is an enemy that does not like this work that would endeavor to put distractions in the work. I'm very aware of it. And what we want to be able to do is to pray for every student on pilgrimage. Wise men and wise women who have heard the voice of God and until the mission has been completed will satisfy that I think we have something so special, it just excites me. But there are tensions. There's the call of the world system. There's the call of friends and family. There's the call of comfort from places that we've come from. I know that well. I was dropped off at the age of 34 in Mexico on a 20-acre plantation for orphans. I was a diaper changer and dishwasher. All I wanted to do was to go to school for three months and get back home. And as soon as I tried, the Lord flipped a peso into my hands and he said, look at this. It's true. I was meeting with the director. He took this peso. It was rather big because it went under a currency change, a big fat coin, flipped it. And I caught it just like I used to catch footballs as a wide receiver. It was almost a classic. You can almost hear Clint Eastwood in the background. Ooh, ooh do do do. And he's going, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> he said Rich. We want you to stay. We need you here. You're a teacher. I'm a recording artist. I write songs for God. I got places to see autographs to sign, and I only signed up for three months. And just in the back, ooh, 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 (laughs) ooh. I know it wasn't a praise and worship song, but for me it worked. I could see dust in the background, I could see a cactus in my mind. I was getting burned and I just said I'm done. But he put gold in my hand, and he said, stay. And so I did. Not three months, not six months, but one year after another year after another year. Praise God, he brought Christy back at the conclusion of my third year. We ended up staying there for another three years because he was doing stuff in our lives. We were wise as a man and wise as a woman to remain in place and to ultimately come to this place. What has the Lord pretty much flipped back into your hand and said, I know you have plans, but I have plans that I've made before your plans. It's so funny. All I wanted to do was to leave education and to write songs for God and record them and tour, and now the thought of that, I'm going, that would have been completely exhausting to be on a tour bus, to be up. I mean, I still get a microphone. At any time I can grab a guitar, you've seen me do it. But I'm also delighted to be able to take a step back and let others who hold the guitar and others who can step up to the mic. I've still got all my songs. And maybe the Lord's going to have the last laugh because he's going to allow me to sing all of them as an 80-year-old but I'll be singing him like a 20-year-old. And everybody's going to go, who would have thought it? What a miracle. But I say that because we have the responsibility of praying for our college so that those who say three months, it is technically a three-month school, but I'm also sensing that's what we think, but it's not exactly what we're seeing happening. There are those that actually said... We'd like to sign up for another three. We want to see them finish their next round so that we can say, God, revelation was given. They've come with their gold. They've come with their incense. They have come. And that's what we want to be able to say as these wise men as well did. So let's pursue this to at least a closure right now. Verse 13, here's the new one. The wise men made it. They saw with their very own eyes what revelation they had. And then they departed, and it says, for their own country, another way. They got to go back, but they would go back another way. And this is what I want to say to you. If any of you decide to go back, you want to make sure that it's another way. In other words, another way. You came here differently. You must be able to depart another way. Not the same as you came, but a person that has been changed. And you are on dispatch. You always want to be able to say, I move in dispatch of what God has told me to do. The work that he has done in me that now satisfies what I'm capable of doing. When I get back there, I am different. When I came after Mexico, I was different. I had a difference that had been made down there. I had a reputation that God gave me down there only to come up to be given position, but no reputation that vanished. I came up for position because the experience of both my age and my temper, that means my temperament, how God had fashioned me in the heat of Mexico. I could handle the load that was going to be given to me on the campus of Applegate Christian fellowship. I was in a peer group completely out of my room. I was never the best friend of John Corson, though I consider him to be my best friend. And, in fact, my pastor. But I was never one that got to sit at the table with him. I wasn't even invited to the reindeer games. I was never even invited to necessarily sing. I was able to do music at ACF. I was truly one who had an exclusive privilege of being refined in Mexico to be brought out of Mexico for position, but no reputation. Reputation has always followed me by what people have heard about me, but never anything impressive, in my opinion. And so these wise men go back accomplished, but a different way. Why? Because now that they've seen the Lord, guess what they will do? They will bear testimony of the Lord. And because they satisfied the first requirement, maybe even that two-year pilgrimage, they will go back strong. That's how evangelism happens. It's not that you go back to take on the position that you once had. It's that altogether you are different than when you left. And the world changes because of the change in you as opposed to you being changed once again by the world. You go back stronger. You go back with his spirit upon you. What a great lesson that is. The flight into Egypt is to protect the work of God. It's not to put in peril the work of God, it's to protect the work of God. And this will be a specific area in Egypt that will be assigned to Mary and to Joseph. But they are the beneficiaries of ultimately what was given to Jesus. The treasury of gold, of frankincense, and of myrrh. Those would have great value economically to them. They would not have to be begging. They could apportion it to whatever needs they had there, They could also save it up upon their return journey, which would be when the Lord had assigned. Do you know that even there, as they would go there, it would have to be there for a season. The season would be when Herod would ultimately die because he right now was looking to kill Jesus. So the wait still would be required of Mary and Joseph are you in a time of waiting? I always think, okay, this is a stop sign, so I'm waiting. And then I get the green light and I'm going, only to find out somebody telling me today was funny. You were breaking. You were just staying in that one spot. for. I was behind you. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. Was I in your way? Yeah. Did it bother you? I was just wondering why you were waiting. I said, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I don't. I still don't. I said, maybe there was a car that I was concerned about, wasn't sure what they were doing, so I was just waiting. We all have a perspective by what's in front of us, what's behind us. We all have a perspective. May it be that, you know what? I don't have an answer, but I am following the Lord as best I can. Maybe this delay was to keep you from running into a car that I was afraid of running into. Maybe I was your brake system. I don't know. But they depart to go into Egypt. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise and take this young child. And his mother flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. This is a good word for revelation that you might not perish. Revelation is important if it's applied appropriately. And that is this. Until I bring you word. Are you waiting for the word of God? Until I bring you word. Or is it just words? Words from others. Or even what you can find yourself doing, talking to yourself, babbling to yourself. The words that you can come up with. There were times in which that would be my plague down in Mexico. Usually, poets, songwriters don't have a lack of words. And sometimes, we become even ignorant of the words that we pen and sing, convictingly to the public, but not necessarily for us. I sometimes will come in the darkness of this place, and I will sing songs that I penned years ago, to see if I still have it in me, and as I sing them, I see that the Lord's both refining how I sing them and whether I still believe in them. This is important because they were to wait for that word to come. So if you don't have that word that you're to wait for, then you don't do the things that right now perhaps impatience or even sentiment compel you to do. I don't want to stay in Mexico six years. I didn't have said you had to. You know, we have a family right now that has gifted the mission with their kids. That's exciting. How long will they be there? How long will Brett and Christy be there? I don't know. I can only say that I was there. It's a good work going on there. But I know we have a family that has gifted the mission with gifts that came to them. Children and inheritance, the beneficiaries Of both their love for each other, and they as well are beneficiaries of what Christy and Brett are doing right now. They're weighing things out. They get that privilege. And they'll remain until the Lord says, this is the word now that you will go on. We're going to visit them in April. Lord willing, they'll be there. Lord willing, we're on track to make it there. But I wanted to share that with you, because this scripture is really deep in terms of showing us a pattern of both reverence and discipline. And it's important to have those in place, no matter what's going on, the trauma or the tragedy. We have to go on. I could have taken this event and said, you know what? This is too much for me. You guys carry on turn it into a prayer meeting, strike up the band. I got to go and get my head together. What the Lord showed me is that I have my head together. I have my head together and I have a purpose for being here. And though the event challenges me to the focus, I'm going to do the best I can because some of us need to see what it looks like when all of a sudden it's a broadcast. Oh my goodness. Everybody has seen this mess. What do you do when everybody sees the mess? The thing that you don't have an answer for, but you're trying to put it all together. They have to see you as a wise man, as a wise woman, as a wise young person saying, I'm staying. Because this is where I feel Jesus. And when I feel Jesus then the family is right next to him. If it's the pursuit of family, but it forsakes Jesus, I'm limited. But when I say Jesus is here, I get the family. When I say it's the family here, sometimes more greatly than I would care to live that out, I miss Jesus entirely. And a family can't keep me together. Jesus can So I like what this says. They now will have the charge of staying put until the word comes to them that they can come out and return. And the conclusion of this, that even in the return, they will be forced with the decision, where do we go? And they were going to head to the place that they came from, which was Bethany, or excuse me, Bethlehem. Bethany will be another thing at another time. There's this fork in the road, and Joseph listens to the facts of the matter of what he's hearing concerning now who's in charge, and he decides based on that mirror, that empirical information, well, this is what I did in obedience, and this is what I know presently, It sounds as though it may be a risk to be in the place that I actually went to in obedience and I left in obedience and I want to return to out of just, it seems like the place. And it was Nazareth that they went to that the scriptures might be fulfilled that Jesus would grow up as a Nazarene. He would grow up in that town, to be raised to maturity and ultimately propelled into ministry, not Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem, he would grow up in Nazareth. And did Joseph think, what in the That's where I originally started. I, was, I said goodbye to that one. It would be when the Lord wanted to say hello to a new work in his life. And so that you might have for this season not a New Year's resolution, but a new revelation, not apart from Jesus, but to say, Lord, my eyes got clouded. My brain wasn't functional. The things that I've gone through, I've allowed them to be bigger than who you are. I want to have as my new year's revelation, just you. And as you have revealed yourself in the house and through the word and in time of prayer, because I'm in the priesthood, because I am gifted and I'm golden. And because Lord, ultimately I die to myself. Romans made that clear today in the text. I no longer live for myself to accomplish the things that I want to do about myself. I live as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Let's have that revelation of Jesus, that he's real and we come here for him and we tell others about him. I'm confident it wasn't the bacon and the eggs yesterday. Something drew men 41 to that place and then the Lord threw in the bacon and the eggs. He always throws in what the satisfaction of obedience does. He rewards his people.